Thank you, Father, for today. Father, for all the things you bring, Father, I pray that you would allow us to see all your goodness in there and even how some things take shape that seems negative. But you have it there for a reason. And if we can only just ask you, if we can humble ourselves and ask you, you'll reveal that answer, Father. I pray right now for those who are hurting, who those who are lonely, Father, and those who have given up hope that you would bring them joy that comes as though it's the morning, Father. You refresh them in you. The living water will flow to their bellies, Father, from you directly to them, that it would fill them up like a well unending. And I thank you for each tender heart before you, Lord, that you would strengthen them to persevere and go boldly in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, before we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Uh, quick reminder as we get started for all the links for all the things, you can check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Um, as well as find us on Facebook. If you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. It is important that as believers, we are in prayer for one another and that we push forward the community and kingdom. So this week... I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, one of the things that I really am confronted with a lot as as a Christian broadcaster, um, and and I I hear from a lot of people that you know if you you need to stand firm on different topics different stances, things like that. And, you know, as Christians, we have to acknowledge that we are in a divided world. Honestly, I don't even think it takes a Christian to realize that we are in a divided world, whether it's the secular world or the Christian world. Um, because of the nature of the world around us, because of the nature of what is available at our fingertips, everybody has a voice now. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing, but it creates division. It creates tribalism. And it's kind of the idea I, I heard recently, um, friend of the show, The Fusion Podcast. You have to, you have to stand for something. That it's our job to stand for something and to stand on these issues and different things like that and that got me thinking right we've you and i have been having conversations over the last couple of weeks about different hot button things about different points of contention or different topics that are very prevalent and a lot of these topics they naturally have this point of taking a stance when when you have the things that are going on in the world these different social causes the different current events that are going on 
you know, you and I make it a point not to bring up current events very often. Very seldom have we talked about the things going on in the world for specific reason past just the way that we format the show, right? So my question is with the divided world and how many different social causes that at sniff test do are, are, are perfectly fine to stand for, right? I don't want to see anybody get killed. I don't want to see anybody treated like they're less than human. But is it our job to take sides in these different social conflicts in these different social causes and as christians how how do we ask the questions and 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 stimulate the right kind of conversation to be able to navigate in what is an incredibly divided world that's a big question and i'm going to start off in a little bit of a i hope it doesn't come across silly but if I were to post on Facebook, I like bananas. Somebody would post, bananas have too much sugar. Somebody else would post, bananas don't exist. They're all GMO. Bananas this, bananas that. And it becomes a divided topic. When all you did was post, you like bananas. That happens a lot. This world is a corrupt fallen system. And that being as such, there are so many things that are injustices. Right. You know, you could go to the extremes, child trafficking, sex trafficking, and all the other ones that are there. And these are important things to speak out against. One, at one point, you have to realize you're a finite being. And God has called you to be either a hand or a foot. Um, and what that in essence says, be careful of spreading yourself too thin that you don't really have a voice in anything. God, first and foremost, is my opinion, wants you to honor and glorify him first. So if you are negating, or I shouldn't say negating, neglecting prayer um, to take up a cause or a stance or an issue, that is giving up one of the things that not only help you reach your goal in whatever thing you're called into, but it helps you to stay aligned and grounded and refreshed and connected with God. Because sometimes these things are for a season, meaning you may do something this one season and another season you're called to someplace else. You may be called to speak out against child trafficking for five years, and then you're called to be in a mission place another five years. So you're leaving one to go to the other. Does that mean that child trafficking is not important? Not at all, but you're going to where you feel the Lord is leading you and God is bringing somebody else. And it might be that it's a fresh voice. It's someone who can give more to it for whatever reason God has. And we can't be tied to our, I, I wanna say our agenda. We can be, we can have passion for whatever it is, but a lot of times what I found, and this is my personal history, is that people want you to join their cause because it's, it's a numbers thing. Right. And they really are sincere and wholehearted about what they're going in, but you don't feel that. 
same urgency or the same thing. And it could be the Lord saying, don't get involved in that. I have this for you to do. And it might not look important to you or anyone else, but it is important to God. And that's that's the key thing I find is that you have to know what God is telling you. Because you can't let any person steal your crown. So you have to go forward and really identify with God what it is he wants you to do. Really, Identify is not the best thing. But be able to speak to him and understand what he wants you to do is what I'm trying to say by identify. Um, there are some people who want to take care of homeless people. They have a gift. And I, I say, hey, you know what? That is really important. There are not a lot of people who want to do that. Um, and some people want to help support the people who want to do that. And that's how they get involved. You can, I've always known about you that you've, you are generally pretty laid back, dude. Until kids are involved, woe betide when kids are involved, then the whole thing changes. For me, my, my passion is that I see so many people that have been neglected by the Christian community because of dogma and rules, because they're not clean enough to be able to sit at the table. And that kind of religiosity is something that gets my blood boiling. And so you can just tell from the conversations that we have when we're on the show, all of those kinds of things, that these are the issues, these are the topics that our minds go to when we, even when we're drawing parallels of like this is something that we have a hard time standing against or this is a thing that we see as as terrible or bad or whatever like that that generally where we're going to go to first because they're sensitive topics that are right on the tip of our tongues but it seems like there is a point of diminishing return when it comes to standing for these different causes. And by that, I mean, we get this point where the cause becomes more important than our original incentivization to even stand behind the cause. If that makes sense. Yeah, but from what I'm seeing, from what I'm, from what you said, and from what I'm hearing, it sounds like a foundational question. Um, and by that, I mean, where is God in all of this? Right. Where am I in all of this? Yeah. What does that mean? Um, we, the one thing with the Lord that we see through reading scriptures, we don't understand how a small thing becomes a big thing in his eyes, how he takes something small like a mustard tree and makes it to the largest tree where birds nest in it. So there are things that God does that has um, a kingdom exponential factor. And I just made that off the top of my head. That's not a, a theological thing. So I'm hoping people get that. But things things grow differently when you plant it in the kingdom. Right. Um, so we may we may actually just do an initial seed and that's all we're called to um joe you may give 
and you scrape together a thousand dollars you're gonna save for like a motorcycle and then somebody comes in and and they're like a um a they call them furloughs a missionary on a furlough who's trying to gear up support for wherever he's at or she's at and you decide i'm going to put the thousand dollars in the kingdom you know and you never see it again you never know what happens but on the other side you'll find out where that went um this doesn't really seem in my mind to answer your question but the whole idea is where is god and where are we in this whole question of foundation and whatever we feel inclined or tugged at to do and i would also say sometimes we can be tugged and it's not from the lord um one might be a wounding um, that we haven't gotten over and we want to make sure it's straightened out like um somebody may have been mistreated as, as a child um and i've seen this in certain cases of sexual abuse now they become a voice that's anti whatever the perpetrator was um you know and right i don't want to say right or wrong because that's not true but however just it seems that they're doing they can actually cause more harm um where there's more factions and that's one of the thing the world is very good you 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 decreate a fracture and the world is able to come in and create even more fracture from that fracture until one point you're going to wind up with nothing but dust um and we as christians need to take that into account what are my actions doing um and you know there's some um, there are people who are i i don't want to call them productivity gurus people who tell you how to manage things better the, the, there's a question they all seem to ask it's almost like from a manual what is the worst that can come if i do this right you know you know whether it's you know missing out on a bill or not following a project through or you could use that question in any part of life in the kingdom and outside the kingdom what is the worst that could happen here now of course this is coming from a finite mindset you only have so much and now the lord can reveal much more to you one way or the other um so what is the worst that could come by me following what i understand and without coming to god on it you know our questions have to have i want to say a higher level to them um a more eternal level might be a better way to say it you know i find that a lot of times when i look at the question from eternity the questions are not as big as they sounded the moment before and i find that i'm able to get past i want to say the anxiety of it or the fear of it realizing that no matter what god is the redeemer and if i put it in his hands he can guide me even though i don't realize it to do things that will cause it to grow for his kingdom's sake so there's that bit of surrender that happens or has to happen in order for you to see what i'm going to call eternal fruit or something advancing the kingdom as opposed to something that lives out for a short season and then it dies and it bore the fruit during the time but it's forgotten so taking it out of the large scale for a second and just taking it down to you and i um we're both very honest about our backgrounds the things that we've experienced the things that we've gone through all of those kinds of things and i think you can even see 
between you and I, how we are influenced by the things that we have experienced, right? You have your children, you have your wife, you grew up in a volatile household at times. And so being that parent and, and championing children is something that is very, very near and dear to your heart. It speaks to you, it speaks to what you've experienced, and it speaks to who you are as a person. And just like for me, having gone through the fake religion part of my life, having gone through to what extent I can see that you can um, have have this character built up and that you can very easily fill a seat in a pew and not have any kind of heart matter involved in any of it also speaks to me and being and experiencing the um extent in which you can be persecuted for having had something in your past having experienced something and how that makes you lesser than as a christian is something that that i'm passionate about and so I think it's very real to point out the fact that we as Christians can become, dare I say, obsessed in certain regards with with these different things that we are passionate about. It's one of the things that so sticks out in my mind about our episode on Advocate Christ, because if you remember before we engaged in that episode i even said to you okay so in this topic as we're talking about things like equality and racism and different things like that and the christian perspective on it me being who i am me having grown up the way that i grew up and all of those things what possibly could i have to add to the conversation right and I looked to you to steer that conversation. And if anybody out of the two of us had every, I'm going to say, worldly worldly right, if you catch the air quotes, to get passionate about that kind of thing, to get fervent about that kind of thing, to have a very hard stance about that, it would be you. And so I look to you and you're like, no, no. Let's advocate Christ in all of this. Let's talk about God in all of this. And that was huge for me because that so totally could have been a different kind of conversation. And the world would say that you would be justified in having that conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and I think the word you were trying to put before, what came to my mind is standing. If anyone had standing, it would be, and that's a legal yeah. term, yeah. meaning that you have a dog in this fight. I love that term. I don't know why. Um, maybe because <laughs> I had dogs when I was little and not so much anymore. But um, with, with the whole concept of good things, sometimes we trade great things for good things. And, and that, I think, did come across in that particular episode, that God has a much higher ideal for humanity than humanity has 
Um, and right now we can still see that it is a complex topic that has not gone away and can become bigger than it. I don't want to say than it needs to, but it's close to it should not take God's place. Nothing ever that you do. And I like the word that you chose. You chose, chose excuse me, the word obsessed. And when I think of somebody who's obsessed, it is all about them. They are the center. They are in the middle of the storm. It's a chaos. They're having a hard time of navigating, trying to get things under control or getting some kind of, um, I want to say, um, validation would not be the right word, um, but getting some kind of anchor is more or less the word. And when we become obsessed, we're not in a stable state. And this I've seen throughout my life too. So I'm not, um, not the word unknown. I am not a stranger to this. That's the phrase I was looking for. So when someone is obsessed <clears throat> with something that is important, why the obsession? I think that's key. And why is it that we are in control or trying to maintain control of that obsession. That can be a flag to us that we have some unresolved issue or worse yet, that we have an idol. And therefore we wanna remake the world so that idol can fit properly in its idol position. Right. Um, and you can see this a lot with people who are um, involved in identity politics or people who are involved in, um, well, the identity politics is the thing I see it most. These things are very paramount to them and they're not satisfied unless it's met or there's some kind of thing that happens, right or wrong. Now, I don't think anyone should be disrespected in a way that is tearing down the image bearer likeness of God. And what I mean by that is calling people names, um, telling them they don't have a right to live, telling them the world would be better without them, that kind of stuff. Now, you can disagree with someone on things that's going to be something that, depending on the situation, you may have to voice. And one of the things I would hold is that God has two voices within a marriage, a female and a male. That's how he created them. And we risk losing the benefit of the other voice when we go with two similar voices. And I know a lot of people disagree with that. <clears throat> but I know that my children have benefited from having two imperfect parents, one a male, one a female, and that we were there to bring our uniqueness together and to create a home for them. And I know what it's like to lack the male voice. And I don't know how it was for you, Joe, because I know that you you didn't have your father for a good portion of your life. And I think it was in your teens, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, my father left when I was 11. And that caused a lot of um, void. There were things missing. They just were. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you need that influence. Now, people would have said he's not the right influence. Um, and, you know, to a certain degree, he was not living that right influence. But I will say this, and I say this to every imperfect father, you are God's first solution for your children. Right. 
That means if you don't feel that, you need to get an alignment with it. The value of both mother and father are substantial. Yeah. When they come into alignment with God, it's eternal. Those things are eternal. I mean, the foundation is amazing. That doesn't mean that if you grew up in a Christian home, you're perfect and you can walk on water. You might, but, I, you know, I hate to sound like I lack faith, but I don't see it happening for a lot of people because we get corrupt in, in a corrupt world. And we take on these things and we take them and make them our own as we go through our rebellious stage. And yeah, I had one of those too. <clears throat> people may have not thought it, but yeah, I was pretty rebellious in, in a quiet way. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> believe me, some some of the quiet hearts, hearts scream the loudest before God and not in a good way. Um, so when, when we look at what we're saying, um, what we're lending our voice to. It's very important to understand what our foundation is. I, you do not want to get to heaven and find out, and I'm going to put it in this abstract way. I hope it's clear. The Lord tell you, that's not what I had for you. You know, that would be horrible in my mind to hear. I would be so... Can you be embarrassed in heaven? Because I would definitely be embarrassed. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't want to hear that. I really don't. No. I wanted, I would even take, well, you know, you, you tried and I give you credit. Okay. I'll take that. You know, uh, I don't want to be the guy who had the, the buried uh, talent. I don't. And I don't think I am because I'm trying to do whatever I can for the Lord as imperfectly as as I feel I sometimes do it, and sometimes I feel like I make a bigger mess than anything. But God is good. He sees that I'm trying to really do for him. And um, even if no one else sees it, he sees it. And that counts for a lot. <clears throat> and I won't go into the details of this, but I know that there was one time, and God told a person this to tell me, aside from you, Joe, this is not that that one time where you hit it out of the park for me. But they told them something specific that I had stopped doing in my quiet time with the Lord. And I had not told anybody that was quiet time. This is private. You know, you don't really share that and everything. And and God was saying he liked that. And he, he wants to hear that more. I was like, what? You know, well, let me tell you, no matter what value you put on it, if God says to I'm going to say strength on a really cloudy day. Now, I know that sounds like a song, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be a fact because you may have no friends around, no family one day. And that little thing that you can, you know, go into secret with God about can give you the strength you need to get through that particular day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line when you are trying to navigate in this world, right? Like one way that I see that manifested big time is the kingdom of America versus the kingdom of God. Okay. Be patriotic. I don't care. Like that's, that's not, that's not the point. At the end of the day, there has to be a hierarchy system. Um, it, it spoke volumes to me when you were the first person who bucked back against me when I had made one of my many comments about how bad I feel we messed up 
over the last year plus, and I used a very particular phrase with you, and you had no part of it. You had not won any part of it. That as Christians, we failed. That was the phrase that we used, that, that we failed miserably over the last year. And you bucked back against that. And that was the first time somebody actually bucked back against that. And I realized what I had said. I realized the stance that my heart was taking. You know what I mean? So, like, it's this fine line of, you know, yeah, sure. It's it's all well and good for us to for us to work within the world that we're in and, and to be able to do these different things in this world that we exist in. But at the same token, where is God in all of it? And how are we reflecting him? What, how are we pushing forward the kingdom? Are we more obsessed with rights and liberties and all of this nonsense? Or are we more focused on God? Now, I'm not trying to discredit any of the wonderful causes that are out there. Like I said, I don't want to see anybody treated lesser than just because of the color of their skin or, or anything, their gender or whatever. That's not our job to treat people like they're lesser than for any of those reasons. But it is our job to push forward the kingdom, to be able to reflect Christ. We are Christ's representative here on earth. And if more of what comes out of our mouth is about things like rights and liberties and freedoms and the things that we have in this world and things of this world, then it is about the kingdom, then it is about God, then it seems like regardless of how virtuous we feel like our stance is, we're missing something in all of this. The kingdom of God is about serving. The kingdom of God is about um, coming into alignment with God to take care of your fellow person. Um, and that includes people who disagree with you. That includes people who don't look like you. That includes people who don't dress like you. That includes everything. So if we were to take the gospel and put it over the Constitution, and by that mean drape it, we would probably have a better understanding of what the Constitution is supposed to mean than what it means when it stands alone. Because the gospel, the, the word of God, is like a magnifying glass. It is like a... I'm going to even use a lightning rod. It is, it is many things, but all for the purpose of glorifying God and bringing clarity to man that he cannot do it on his own. And I'm going to answer this with, with a scripture verse, two verses actually. And this may, for some people, muddy it. And it may, for some people, bring clarity. And I'm going to read from Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. From the New Living Translation. Don't answer the foolish arguments of the fools or you will become as foolish as they are. The next verse says, be sure to answer the foolish arguments of the fools or they will become wise in their own estimation. So that to a lot of people is a contradiction. And the way Proverbs is written, it doesn't say in this circumstance or in that circumstance. This is a book of wisdom for a reason. It's the context of the situation you are in 
lets you know which proverb to use at that time. You know, are you going to answer a fool in the way the fool in a foolish way, or are you going to answer the fool in a way that he thinks, okay, I got that right. So there's this, and I didn't even really do a good job of explaining that. But the thing is, with the words of wisdom that God has, the situations that we are in every day of our lives sometimes just takes the wisdom of God to answer appropriately. And sometimes we don't answer at all. We let it go. You know, I don't have to vindicate myself. That used to be a big thing for me because I hate, I hated, 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 hated being made to feel small just so somebody could feel right about the situation. And a lot of times you think that's what God calls you to. It doesn't. What he's saying is don't let the words land. There's a big difference. When he says turn the other cheek, don't let the words land. What does that mean? Don't let those words become your identity. Don't let them become who you are going to become. So we step back as we see that the words of wisdom can be applied to any place in the world you live in, can meet any circumstance you, you're in, if you are entering into what it's saying. What's that mean? What that means is that I'm coming to God with an open mind, open heart saying, Lord, I'm reading your words. I have no clue. Well, I don't know how to use this. Can you show me? You know, God delights in showing his children what he's saying, how it applies, what it means. He loves that father relationship. He's invested in it. It's, it's part of who he is. We don't have to. I think sometimes we get caught up in doing it correctly, that we don't enter into doing it because the father is showing us something. Um, and I think in those situations, it calls for humility. Sometimes I have it and sometimes I don't. I won't tell you which one is greater. Um, but God is good. And I hate to make it sound this way, but at the end of the day, it's me and him. You know, as, as, as wonderful as people are, my wife and children included, at the end of the day, I don't stand hiding behind them. I don't stand, you know, protecting them. This is God. It's 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 almost like you're naked before him. It's the only way I can phrase it. He knows everything you've done, how you've done it, what your motivations are, and everything. He knows when you were mean, and he knows when you were good. So how does this apply to the things that you, you tend to get caught up in? That's a key question for every person to to. I want to say wrestle with, but something sometimes we don't even wrestle with that. We just are, um, what's that word? Not, we don't realize it's happening. I'm trying to think of a particular word. It just happens and we don't realize that we're doing it or we're in that moment or, or something's going on. So we don't, we, it happens without us knowing, you know, life is passing us by. I'm trying to think of a particular word and it is escaping me. We're not cognizant of it. That's the word. We're not cognizant of what's going on. And I think it's sad because at those times, there are probably some really great pearls that are right there before us. Um, and if we were just to look at them, we could pluck them out and use them. And we could take any situation, any situation. And I'll give you an example. So, Joe, I'm going to do this test on you. Okay, you ready for it? Mm -hmm. 
I want you with your mind's eye to think of somebody who you have unforgiveness with. You don't say the name. You're not going to say anything. I just want you to imagine that person right before you. Right. Okay. I, I'm going to say a phrase that I want you to say to the person before you. And I'm going to wait like five seconds and let it sink in and just rest in whatever is there. Okay. You have the person before you and you say, I forgive you. Okay. Okay, that feels like five seconds. Now I want you to take that same person and I want you to think on them. And I, I want you to say this phrase to them. I release forgiveness to you. Can you tell me what the difference between those two statements were for you? One one feels more like it's like it's you centered and the other one feels like it's them centered. Mm -hmm. There's a very big difference in how we can just change a little something and it changed, changes the whole feel. For me, when I did that or when it was in my mind, um, it made me feel like I let go. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a release to forgive the person. And I actually tried this in my church group. And a lot of people felt the same thing. There was a distinctive release between that in I release forgiveness to you than there was in I forgive you. I forgive you still felt like I'm holding on to it. Yeah. I release forgiveness to you meant like I give up every single standing, that legal term of unforgiveness. Now, a lot of times there is a reason for that unforgiveness. And I would venture to say, and I'll probably get some people who say no, but I venture to say that there is a good reason for that unforgiveness. Um, and even if there's not, in your mind there is. And if you release that forgiveness, what are you doing? You're doing what the Father does. He forgives us. Right. He forgives us of our sins. So we're taking on something that's more divine than human. And more of the way of the father than the way of our earthly fathers. So there's a difference in releasing forgiveness that says, you know what? I've let it go. Now, what does that mean? We have more to hold on to God with, more to do for God, more with what to do for God. Play, I don't want to say play around, but examine saying the same thing that you're trying to achieve with different words and allow the Holy Spirit to give you like a, a a phrase, you know, if he says, you know what, you need to do such and such, and you go to yourself, the Holy Spirit wants me to do such and such. And if he's saying he wants me to do such and such, am I resisting? You know, those kinds of things, just, just get engaged with him and talk with him and find out, you know, he's right there inside you and dwelling. So you can have this conversation that most people will say, you're crazy. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, 
We have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.